Okay, so the first part I'll be talking about is just overview of just class structure and things like that. So just so you guys are aware that there, the curriculum is the Gospel Project curricul curriculum. This is the same curriculum for pre-K, K, two, three, four, five. Um, and it's a three-year program, so basically it's this, you know, this whole story of the Bible from beginning to, to through end that encompasses three years. And then after three years, it'll recycle again. For second grade teachers, just know that there is joyful noise that uh, I'll be doing with the kids every week, um, which is where I just lead them in a song or two uh, in the beginning of class for five to ten minutes, uh, and then you can go ahead and start your class. For the older grades, there is large group session from fourth to fifth grade that happens first upstairs in Ammerman for 20 minutes, followed by breaking off into fourth and fifth grade separately. Um, due to size, originally we were doing third through fifth grade this past year, but this upcoming year we're just going to do fourth and fifth just for size purposes and because we do have an extra classroom available for third grade. Um, the third grade is not going to be in this hallway, as most of our classes are. It will be in the Synod House, which is right outside the entranceway. Um, and to, so that they all go together. If everybody in the third grade class can gather in the atrium, then proceed to go to the Synod House together. That would be great. Children's worship is now happening every other month. It used to be every month, and this year we'll be doing it every other month. And on those days, if you are teaching, if you can just make sure that you are up in Amram, you don't have to be for, there for children's worship, but if you can be in Amram and by three to pick up your children, and then they'll be dismissed to you, and you can take them to class. And um, the, the goal is to have kids kept in the classroom until 4.10. Um, so if you are done with your lesson before 4.10, just kind of hang out with them in the class um, so that there's not kids roaming around in all the hallways by, before 4.10. Supplies, so this is one thing we want to stress this year is allowing the kids to become more consistent with bringing their supplies to class. Um, and we wanted to implement, in addition to taking their Bible and pencil, this the idea of a folder and a notebook as well, um, just keeping everything together. And the notebook will be used in different ways. You can determine in your classes how you want to use it. So some suggestions, and Julia will actually go into these. Actually, I'll let her go into that. Um, for second through fifth grade, the recommended text is an ESV uh, full text Bible, so nothing abridged or the Jesus Storybook Bible. It's just a full text Bible. If any of your children need it, they're available for sale at the welcoming table for a discounted price. Um, the Easter program, we this year also we're only doing an Easter program. There will not be a um, Christmas program per se. And so it will be in lieu of the normal joyful noise time um, for second graders. For third through fifth graders, the joyful, I'm sorry, the presentation teachers will tell you when they want to rehearse with, their, with the kids. It might be either before class time or after class time, but that will be around Easter time, just FYI. For classroom rules, in each bin there is a laminated sheet of paper that talks about our four Sunday school rules, and they are mentioned here. So basically raise your hand to be called on when somebody's talking, listen, uh, keep your hands and feet to yourself, and then obey and respect your teachers. Um, so it's nice, especially in the beginning of the year, but even throughout the year, to open class by uh, you know, reminding them these are the rules so that they can have it fresh in their minds for class. And there, you'll get a you'll get a hard copy. I'm sorry, an electronic copy of this. There's a link to this five minute um, um, video about how to emphasize respect in classrooms. It's really cute. And then um, 
we do have Sunday school procedures in terms of discipline. So the idea is that we wanted to be a little more consistent about how each class disciplines um, and from one teacher to the next, from one class to the next. And so this also will be emailed to you as well. The way that it works is it's kind of, there's like a um, stepwise process. If they misbehave one, two, three, four, five, six times, what do you do at each of those intervals? So first time if they misbehave, uh, you tell, you're supposed to tell the child one of those four rules that they are breaking. So, uh, you know, Bobby, uh, the, the, the rule in class we said was that you need to raise your hand uh, to be called on. And then this, after the second misbehavior, then you ask the child, what was that rule that I just told you about? What was, what's the rule in, that we're breaking right now? Um, oh, it's that I'm supposed to raise my hand to be called on. After the third misbehavior, uh, you warn the child that the next time they misbehave that they will be separated slightly from the class. After the fourth misbehavior, the idea is to kind of separate them a little bit. So they're still in the group, but kind of a little bit away. You can pull their chair a little bit away um, and ask them to just, you know, think about what they did wrong. And when they're ready to rejoin the class, they can rejoin the class. If they never get to that point, you can just say, okay, you know, do you remember what you did wrong? And if so, then let's, let's have you rejoin the class. Um, at the fifth misbehavior, you are to warn them that the last time, the sixth time that they do it, that you're going to have their parent come and pick them up. Um, the sixth time, you're supposed to text the parent and have them come pick up their child and have them discuss with the child, you know, uh, the misbehavior. And if the parent feels that they're, you know, that they understand, they're okay now, and that they can rejoin the class. So just rough guidelines so that we can be a little more consistent in how we discipline the kids in class. And no candy and birthday snack. Yeah, so people have asked before about that. So um, this is, I know this can be difficult, but please don't use candy as a reward. Um, if you memorize your Bible verse or you came on time or whatever, there's no candy allowed. And um, we try not to do birthday snacks because it just ends up being too crazy. And there are allergies certainly to be aware of. And children should not, be distract, should not bring distracting items to class or you can, you can always take them away and say, okay, I'll give it back to you at the end of class. Classroom maintenance, so obviously just try to be courteous of the next teacher coming after you and reassemble the bin properly. Don't just chuck everything in there. Try to make it a little more nice. Wipe down the tables. Um, just make everything tidy for the next uh, teacher. And then just FYI for this, those who are in the Synod house, um, they should not be eating at all in there. Um, so we can keep it nice for the Reformed Church. And for, we, we do have some children who have special needs, and we just want to be aware of that. And um, if there are any issues that you come across as a teacher, please feel free to reach out to one of us. And we are happy to try to work with the family and um, engage their child as best as we can. Class routine. So this is something that you will discuss when you have your individual class meetings, how you want to run it, how, what the schedule will be like, if it will be prayer in the beginning, followed by the lesson and memory verse and, you know, what have you. But that will be determined class by class. And that is it for a basic overview. Anyone have questions about the overview? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Actually, there are some kids whose names I don't even know. There is a spreadsheet that they have access to that has all, all the roster of kids in, your, in, in the whole Sunday school and their mom's uh, email address and phone number and their dad's email address and phone number. Um, it's a private list. Yeah, so um, the, um, the class list with the parents' phone numbers is 
also in that list as well as in class bins. So for large group teachers, if you want, you don't have a bin, but the classroom teachers are supposed to be in your session, kind of helping supervise. If there's any issue, they should have access to that. But that's a good question. If you have a new student, please write their name down on the roster so that we can keep track. And um, if they come several times, then we'll just include them in our long-term roster. OK, so then Jen is going to talk about the next section. Um, I'm going to be talking about lesson planning and engagement strategies. So um, Harry Wang is a. Um, a person who all the first year teachers get a book, most of them, most of I us, right? It. You got one, I got one. So he says that procedure is not a rule and a procedure is a task and procedure reduces the need of rules and discipline. So um, it tells you how important um, classroom routine is, that it has to be, um, you know, um, we should have similar procedure even though there's four different teachers in the classroom, similar procedures, so children could expect uh, what is coming next, right? Um, yeah. It's not working? It's not a mic. Oh, it's uh, just a recording. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so for <laughs> lesson... People who aren't here. Okay. <laughs> um, for lesson planning, um, yeah, I just brought... This was, I, was, uh, I taught like a couple of weeks ago, and uh, for lesson planning, um, I just wanted to show you some things okay, here. So, on thank you. So for lesson planning, um, here is your first page. Okay, um, tells you all the important information, and this is the most important information that you could be using. So it tells you the Bible passage. And it says, uh, read First Kings um, chapter 2 to 3. And if it says chapter 2 to 3, the kids, the children should not be reading from chapter 2 to 3. It's just a lot of text. There's a lot of difficult words, and they're just not going to understand. And that's when all the misbehavior happens. So you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. It tells you a story point. That's what the kids have to learn at the end of the day. right? That's what the most important thing that they have to learn. Um, and then this is a key passage that uh, relates to the, um, the story you're, you're, uh, or Bible point that you're teaching. And then there's a big picture. That the big picture is something that the kids should learn in, I guess, in culmination of many, many classes right there. Um, so I usually read that that's really important for me. Um, and then... I read the story and I pick out the Bible verses that are important to the kids. So for this, even though um, it says First King chapter two to three, um, the kids only read about um, I don't know about fourteen verses with me. Okay, that was important to the story. Um, so it says over here, you have to work backwards when you're planning. So you have to go back and and look at what um, you want to teach. So, you know, the, this is the most important thing, right? So that's what you want the kids to get a, uh, go home with, right? The sentence right there. So I work backwards after that. Um, so... Um, 
So everything you do after that has to support that, okay? So Bible reading has to support that. All the activities have to support that. Your prayer has to support that, all that, um, on and on and on. Um, you want to do a catch and release, which means you're going to teach the kids for like seven minutes, and then you're going to have a time where they kind of repeat back to you so you understand. If they don't understand, then you shouldn't move on because then you, you just, you know, the kids are not going to understand what you're teaching afterwards, right? So you should have like three minutes where they kind of repeat back to you or you check their understanding. Um, and the young kids should not sit too long to read or listen for a very long time. Um, you have to use different modality to make your lesson interesting and engaging. So um, in this program, there's like a little three-minute um, video if you want to bring a little um, laptop and show it to them. And even in that three minutes, you should stop and check for understanding in like every couple of, you know, couple of, every minute or so, you should, you know, stop and check for their understanding. Um, let me see. And then you could also use a graphic organizer when you are um, reading Bible verses with them. And graphic organizer is just little boxes. And it says over here, what's the topic? Who is it about? Where does it take place? What happened first? So you read a little bit, you stop. And it doesn't tell you write a sentence, right? So your kids are going to be doing something um, where, um, we, where like kids who cannot write will just draw pictures. Kids who could write a little bit, they could um, draw pictures and label it. Kids who are really good at writing, they could just write. Kids, they could uh, make speech bubbles, anything. It's like very open-ended, so it kind of, because for your class, there are different developmental levels. So it would, you know, it would um, kind of help all the kids in your class, right? So this is a graphic organizer, and these are easy to find on, online. So I could um, put some, uh, I could copy them and put some in, in the, like a folder somewhere in the closet. Um, before you speak to the kids, you have to make sure that you have them engaged to you. So you could, sometimes you could use like clapping in the classroom, we, right? We do that and they copy it and you could vary that. Um, you wanna show them? Yeah, go ahead, you wanna do it. Hey, and just the, do something. Yeah. And then they have to follow yeah, you, yeah. right? And then if you want, you could like even do a put your hands, see yeah. if they're watching you, right. not just listening to you. Right. If you're listening to me, put your hands on your head. If you're listening to me, clap once. If you're listening to me, clap three times. Right? And then yeah. Yeah. by this age, grades two to five, someone right. in their regular school setting mm -hmm. has done it this way. So whatever you do, they'll be like, what? I'm not at school, you are at school. And um, if you guys want to use Class Dojo, that's a web-based program, and you could give kid, kids um, points for like bringing Bibles. But I think this year I'm going to try to make it different so that it's not each child, but maybe like if um, everybody brings a Bible, I'll give it to them so that it's more cooperative work instead of individually your, yeah. Um, so that would be something that I, uh, I could show the coordinators if they want to use it. And it's actually on it. I didn't use this one. I'm going to try to use it. But it's a really good um, parent communication piece because whatever you write in there, the parents will get an email. And they could email back to you. 
and things like that. So I think it's a really good communication uh, tool. So that's something um, you could look into if you're a coordinator and you want to do it with your, your and it should be done with all the teachers, right? So not only one teacher uses it, okay? Um, okay, this one, um, because I, I kind of had to think about this a lot because classroom situation and church situation is different, right? And um, but then I guess I, I'm here to kind of talk to you about like what I do in the classroom. And this one had to be different. Um, so last week, um, I listened to Chase Sermon and um, really you know, hit me that, um, that we have to work on the kid's heart, right? And as a mom, I think, and I had a lot of regrets while listening to Chase Sermon last week. And as a mom, you know, we, there was a lot of regrets. And, and I think the most regrets I had was not because I wasn't teaching them what not to do and what to do, but it wasn't, I don't think I did fully to really engage them in their hearts. I, I think the heart, it's transforming heart, right? And that's, I think, that has to be the most important thing in church, right? So, um, yeah, so I think we need to really, every time we talk to them, and I saw Shailen do this. I was in her class, I was assisting her, and every time she disciplined the kids, she would say in the Bible, or she really um, connected to the Bible, um, and I thought that was really, really um, great. And I think, you know, it might not hit them on that moment, but I think if we do it consistently, I think it will speak volumes um, in their, you know, in their spiritual, right, growth. Um, so these are some of the things that you could do, like, give me five, and everybody will say, like, eyes on the speaker, and you could put a motion to it, it you know, quiet, um, be still, you know, and you could stop it and then get their attention. Um, so um, after I decided what I was gonna, uh, what was important over there? Um, I so this is what I did to make activities. So um, there's a, something called um, admit ticket, and that's when when the kids come in, right? You have that little time when you know kids are kind of they don't really know what they're doing. So you put them to work right away, right? So you I gave them um, a question that was on the Bible. I said. Um, Ask for anything you, um, it says, what would you ask if God came to you and said, ask for anything you want and I'll give it to you. And that's what God said to Solomon. And I'm going to send a couple of blank ones to you guys. Um, this was just leftovers from admit tickets. Um, and the kids had to, you know, answer the question. And this is one of the kids. He said he wanted a twin brother. And the kids, you know, it, it was beginning, right? So... He wanted a twin brother, and we just kind of shared what we what would we ask God, right? And then I asked them, "What do you know about Solomon, right?" And then kids, they wrote on the on the little sticky notes, and I had a big chart paper up there. And basically, the kids knew that he was a king. Um, that he wears clothes. <laughs> they didn't really know much. One of them said, "You know, put a question mark." They didn't know, right? And and one person said, um, his name is Solomon. That's the only thing um, they knew. So, so 
you know, I found out that they really didn't know much about Solomon. So I started teaching. Um, and the first thing I had to do was to find the difference. Um, I had to make sure the kids knew um, the difference between knowledge and wisdom. And this one was, I didn't even have to think about it. It was in the, in the um, curriculum. So I wrote all the words, um, you know, different situations that was on there into little thing. And they had to cut it, and they had to, they had to distinguish between knowledge and wisdom. So we are working with the difficult vocabularies. Um, and it tells you up here what is knowledge and what's your wisdom. And we, we talked about it. And I did one with them. Like, I show them, right? So this is, she, she's going to talk about that one. So I show them, um, that's I do, right? So I show them how to do this. And then the kids... They could work with each other, so that's we do, where they work together to um, try to figure out if it's, it was knowledge or wisdom. And then they did one, you know, by themselves. Um, and then I taught the lesson, and we talked about the um, Solomon, uh, st story of Solomon. And then they had to do, um, it's on here, it's called Gogomo, uh, where there's a little boxes. So, first box, you, that's your box. So you write down what you know about Solomon. And Sol, you know, so he, he's, uh, the, this child, Tobias, um, he wrote down Solomon wanted wisdom, right? First box. And then I give them like three minutes and I said, give it to the next person. And then some of the kids, um, and then they gave it to the next person. The next person has to read what Tobias wrote. And then he has to write something in here about Solomon, but cannot write the same thing Tobias wrote. So you know, the kids wrote something, and then some of the, and the time was up, and some of the kids were like, I didn't finish. Well, you have to work hard. You have to work fast, you know, and then th three minutes. So when you get your own paper, right, go, it's like uh, go forward. When you get your own paper, then you have to read what everybody wrote. So we had, the kids are actually teaching each other what they learned that, that day. Um, so that was um, that, and then... Um, at the end, um, on the bottom, it says exit ticket. That's what they have to show me what they learned today. Um, so, like, this is called three, two, one, where they have to tell me three things that you learned today about Solomon, and then two questions you have about Solomon, they have to write, and one thing you want your teacher or friends to pray for you. So, um, Tobias said he wanted to have wisdom at the end, right? So I, I thought that was really, um, really great. Um, so you have to make sure the kids are engaged and they're doing something. Um, but in order for them to kind of um, not have a wait time, because if you, you know, pick you know, one person and say, and then we listen to them, then other kids have to wait for that person. So there are other strategies where they're all talking at the same time, and maybe Julia could. My turn. You want to okay. go? <laughs> Um, so I'm going to be um, actually the kindergarten. Can you take some? Do, do you have a separate um, way of doing things for the kindergarten? So, so yeah. <laughs> so, you don't have to answer that question. So is it in like a about? Right, because they will be by you. Yeah. So do you have something? Can I get a sheet of that? Yeah. Well, actually, I the next best place is you know, the class. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so I have a small part <laughs> of this workshop. Um, so Jennifer had mentioned that it's really important for the kids to have procedures and routines, and it really helps them if they know what to expect and if there's something similar week to week, especially since the adults in the room change. So one thing we had thought about was a notebook for them, so that um, if you were here for Jamie's announcement, there's a marble composition notebook or any type of notebook um, that the kids can bring in. And it's just kind of a place for them to park their ideas. So it's a place for you to acknowledge their attendance, possibly, a place for them to do the admit ticket, where they when they come in, they open it up, and they can just write what they're thinking or even the date. Um, it's a place where they can reflect on how the class went, and so kind of like an exit ticket. So you can build in a few minutes for the notebook at the start, a few minutes even, you can even use it during the lesson just to be a place where they do, instead of if you don't have time to make a graphic organizer, a place where they can just kind of use the notebook in that format where well, one page is the character, one page is a special Bible verse, one page might just be something important that you decided you wanted them to take away from that day. And then another page just to kind of reflect on what did you learn? What are you curious about? What do you want to go home and ask? What do you want to read at home? And even a, a place where they can mark or document or reflect on what they're doing during the week. And then when they come back the next week, they can look back at it and be like, oh, this is what I did at home. Oh, this is what I did last Sunday. And it kind of jogs their memory. And there's a connection week to week. So even though the adults, the teachers, and the assistants might change, the notebook stays constant. And it kind of just shows hopefully by the end of the year, like a great compilation of what they did at Sunday school, even though the adults changed, right? Um, and I think for the students, they're so used to these marble notebooks and this routine and this procedure that it could be a good place for them to kind of take Sunday school more, I don't know, just center them, a, a place to put their stuff. Um, I know as a teacher, it's a place where my kids do all of that but I also like staple in or glue in important things like charts, journals, prompts. So have at it, like enjoy it, try to see what happens with it. Um, I think the kids will take, like enjoy it, they'll get it. Um, and then by the end of the year, it'll be chronological hopefully, unless they go all over the notebook, but hey, it's Sunday, so maybe I'll be okay with that. Um, and then they can decorate the cover, the inside pages, but it's really a great place for them to kind of um, reflect. Um, and just, and just document their learning. Um, sorry, I feel, I can't talk formally, I feel like for Sunday school, but you know. Because um, you wouldn't use it in an assessment, but you could use it as an assessment, but we're not doing that here. Um, so again, you could keep track of attendance in there. It's up to you if you want to do check marks or stickers, or how you want to do that. Um, I thought some, we thought some good ideas might be a place where you can capture a Bible verse or a passage. Maybe they could write about a character, what they learned. So like in a circle, they could put Solomon and then like make it look like a sun and write down characteristics or facts about him or just wonderings. Um, uh, this is, right? As I talk, she comes in, right? Um, <laughs> um, and I feel like, you know, as Jennifer had said, um, and Jamie and Christine will reiterate, if you prepare, the kids will respond and they'll know. So if you could kind of think about a few things you want them to think about, take away, questions you want them to really grapple with um, that day over the course of the week, um, that could be a good place for you to have them kind of reflect. Um, and again, depending on their learning style and where they are as a learner, um, it doesn't have to be words. It could be phrases. It could be pictures. It could be sketches. It could be doodles. Um, but a place where it's comfortable, peaceful, and where they can really reflect. 
Um, so again, I'd encourage you to try to use it. Um, again, it's a, it's a routine they're used to. Um, they might forget, so I guess you could build in for that maybe just a piece of paper that you ask them to put in their notebook and maybe put it back in their folder or stuff it in their bag or pocket or whatever. Take their airplane and send it home. Um, I'm just kidding. So my kids end up turning their papers into that. So I'm really excited about the folder and the notebook because I feel like they'll take it more seriously. And then as a mom, I can have a place to kind of look back and help me with the home part of um, trying to create a God-centered family. So today we had talked about that. So I feel like it could be really nice for us to see that. Um, yeah, so if you have any questions, let me know. Oh, and back to your point, Nate, it could be a place where they could put their name, their parents' name, and their cell phone and contact info. So boom, right there. Um, but if they forget it, then I guess there'll be a list anyway. Um, so, Oh, and the parents, actually, this is another component, and it's up to you how you want to do it, because there's a range of grades and a range of teaching styles here, and I understand that. It could be a place where the, kid, the parents could write back, too. Like, this is cool. That's great. And like you see like a, a back and forth, the home, the family school partnership part. Um, but anyway, if you guys have more ideas or you want to hear more of how I've used a notebook and how to connect it with home, um, let me know. But um, perhaps I can work with each of the grade level heads or with you individually to kind of see what we can do to either keep it completely organic and just leave it the kids writing and illustrations or you can start to glue and paste and create this kind of stuff to fold and staple in. Um, so hopefully by the end of the year it's like this that marble notebook with stuff in. Yeah. A fat, fat Any notebook. Any questions for Julia? Oh, Julia, you want to uh, talk to them about like turn and fold, like oh, back to back space. Yeah. Sure. Oh, so what do we think about? We thought about ways to engage the students. Um, so Jennifer and I, so we led this workshop two weeks ago for the younger grades, but it translates to these grades too. Um, even more nicely because um, a lot of, how many of you guys are parents here or have kids in the school system? Okay, so most of your school districts do balanced literacy or they do reading and writing in a way where the kids, there's a gradual release of responsibility, meaning it goes from the teacher who does most of it, which is what Jen was talking about, I do. So the teacher models, so you would model for the kids how to read the Bible, how to open the Bible, how to find the passage, how to pause and reflect, check for your understanding. So you can kind of be like, oh, blah, 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 hmm, what does that mean? I don't know what that word means. And how would you figure that out? Oh, I don't know where that place is. Let me find a map. So you can model all of that thinking for the kids. And then eventually, you give it to them. So they do it together. So that's what we call we do. So you kind of partner them up. And you have like, everyone turn and talk. Find a partner, or you, or you designate it so that someone's not left out. Um, and they just kind of do what you did. Do what I did. Go through the Bible. Find the passage. Who can find the map? And things like that. And then you can kind of, as they're doing that, walk around and see how they're doing and see who needs more help. And then eventually, what is it, I do, we do, you do? The kids can do it on their own. And then eventually, hopefully, they do it at home, at home on their own. So you're trying to build independence, but you're trying to start by being the teacher, being the guide, the coach, right? The mentor, um, the role model. And then as you model it for them, they feel more comfortable doing it with their peers. And then hopefully, it turns into them doing it on their own. Um, so when, so we were thinking of some strategies. So what, what it, oh, you can say turn and talk. So they, know, they should know that. If not, you can show them. And you can like practice with a, a, a kid in the class. Um, 
But it's not a time to fool around. It's a time to answer a question or two that you gave them. And how many minutes? A few minutes? Yeah, and then you pick afterwards. Yeah. You pick afterwards someone to share out what they're thinking or what their partner's thinking. That always throws them off. Because then they have to be a good listener, right? You can't just say what you said. What did your partner say? Yeah. Um, what else do we say? Turn and talk. Back to back. Oh, oh, so they can sit, you can say knee to knee. You want them to talk to each other and look at each other in the eye and sit knee to knee. They can sit elbow to elbow if they're reading a book together and they're sharing. So there are like little strategies like that, little gimmicks where you can connect it to the regular school day, Monday through Friday, just because sometimes I feel like the discipline isn't the same on the weekends, but sometimes if they realize, wait a second, this person's a little more, they get it. <laughs> they're onto me. They can anticipate how I might behave. Um, they're actually listening to me and allowing me time to speak out, share with their friend, reflect, and I have to go home and share, or my mom might ask, or my mom and dad might ask me, what's, what'd you do today? And there's a place where it's all kept in one place. Hopefully, that'll transform their heart, and they'll want to learn um, more on their own about Christ and reading and all that stuff, that we're, that all our goals for them. Um, I don't know, what do you guys think? Is that, is that okay? Yeah, but it all depends on I don't know. I just want Sundays to be a place where they really feel like our love for them and love for Christ, um, how much we want them to grow in their walk and learn by reading the Bible, um, accountability, fellowship, and all of that. And I feel like if you can keep it like that, which you're already doing, because my kids run and they love coming to church and they keep all their stuff in the right place, I think that they'll rise to the occasion and they'll take it um, as seriously as we want them to. Yeah. Any questions? Okay. Thank you. Um, thank you. Um, so as uh, Julia and Jennifer um, shared, um, being well prepared uh, for, for your lesson, especially as I would encourage you to set aside one to two hours for each lesson to prepare well. Uh, and that really does help um, the class to proceed better as well as to decrease any misbehaviors. But even, even when we prepare well, some children will misbehave. And this is um, expected because Proverbs um, 22.15 says, folly is bound up in the heart of a child. So um, children have rebelliousness in their hearts. And, uh, and are good at displaying uh, the raw humanity that's in all of us. I don't, I want this now, or I don't feel like obeying God. Um, and um, so the primary objective of our children's ministry is to help children see their creator, uh, recognize the sins in themselves, and turn to Christ as their Savior and Lord. So as Jennifer said, um, we don't want to just address behavior, but we want to address their hearts in the classrooms as well. Um, and getting to the heart helps children see their need for gospel. And I'll go further uh, later about how to do this in the classroom. And another way is um, for uh, the teachers to guide children to see foolish and obedient behavior and hearts in the characters of the Bible stories that we teach. 
So with um, the children in my class, uh, I've been using uh, black and red parts, and that has been working really well in reaching them. So um, Jonah had a black heart when he foolishly tried to run away from God. King Solomon loved God, so you see God in his heart, um, and wanted to honor God, so he asked for wisdom instead of worldly things. And they enjoy um, doing this. Um, and we want to um, train children um, to have obedience and honoring God uh, in a manner that's merciful, with compassion and patience that God has shown us. And this is, uh, this is hard to do, so this will require um, teachers to rely on God to do this well. And to prepare um, children's hearts and make their expectation, classroom expectations very clear, we're uh, aiming to, to regularly incorporate shepherding hearts and God-honoring behavior in our discussions with them as well as in our prayers with them. So one way that has been uh, helpful in doing this is at the beginning of class, um, when you know, if you know that there's children that tend to misbehave, gently pull them aside and kindly say something like, God really wants you to learn about him. So let's really try hard to pay attention and not talk when the teacher is talking. Um, and then in the, with the group, go over the class rules that, um, that Jamie talked about and explain why we have these rules. God commands us to be kind to each other. And it's important that we learn, that we obey these rules so that we can all learn about God and not be disruptive. And it's helpful to also specify what are the, be very specific about what are good and wrong behaviors. And we want to teach children that we're all sinners. So we tend, we can do foolish things like be uh, distracting and be disruptive and sometimes even say unkind things to each other. So we all need Christ to change our hearts so that we can be obedient and show God honoring behavior and be wise in, our, in the way we behave and talk. And we could also go, you guys, you could also add some um, additional class rules that will be helpful to the classroom. And when we're addressing behavior, we want to try to um, point to God whenever possible. So when encouraging obedient behavior, you might say something like, Jill, thank you so much for working hard on your project. That helps you to remember today's lesson. When correcting behavior, you're having a difficult time listening. Let's ask God to change your heart. And you could pull that child aside and pray with them right there. And that fall, and the child that you put us, uh, pulled aside in the beginning of class, remember to follow up after class. Thank you for remembering to be quiet during class. Next time, um, maybe don't uh, ask God to help you to not say silly words in classroom. 
and these, this, uh, this way of pointing to God, it takes practice and habit forming. Uh, and my daughter, Julia, reminded me a few years ago, Mom, you were not very gospel-centered in your parenting when I was younger, but you're getting better. <laughs> um, and um, the notebook is also, I think, a good use for this. So they can use it to, for their spiritual journey. What are some things that I'm working on to honor God? What are some things that, um, that I did well to be helpful to the class today? And, and they can write those down. And um, Ezekiel 36, that actually my daughter Julianne, it's, this is our memory verse for the summer, uh, and promises that God will cleanse our hearts and give you new hearts. And it ends with for a be, to obey God's rules. And ministering with parents, um, the, some of the material that I'm sharing are from Capitol Hill Baptist Church Children's Ministry Guidelines. And it says that if you had any discipline issue, especially requiring time out, follow up with the parents, even if you feel that it was resolved. And conversation about behavior issues should be out of the earshot of the child and any other uh, adults. And share with parents both encouragement as well as concerns. So one conversation I had last week with a parent, uh, your son was running a little bit in the classroom, but I, told, I reminded him that there's no running in classroom and where should you run? And he immediately said, outside, and he, he listened. So I, I shared that both he was misbehaving slightly, but he listened. So parents, I mean, they, there was a slight nervousness, but I think they appreciated hearing the feedback. Uh, about Bibles also, and you want to be as factual as possible. Your son really enjoys and is happy when he brings Bible to class, and he's sad when he forgets to bring. So please remind him to have it ready before Sunday so he can bring it every week. Um, and also tied to classroom, your Daughter enjoyed learning about Joshua and Caleb, trusting in God. Um, but uh, I think you could help him, remind him um, to, to remember to, to not talk uh, during when the teacher is teaching. And another way is to ask for suggestions and how to help your child better. Any questions regarding shepherding hearts and talking to parents. Yes, Kathy. I was just thinking in terms of partnering with parents, um, instead of just trying to individually reach out to them or in an email, which can make it difficult to comprehend what the situation is, what if like the class teachers, maybe at the beginning of the year, met with the parents of the kids, just had your own grade meeting with the parents so that they know exactly who the teachers are? And maybe you can discuss generally like how to help each child and the parents can share that with you just to kind of break that formality a little bit and really partner. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking because just sending out a general email and just it's it's a little bit sometimes cold and you don't really understand the tenor and maybe the intention behind bringing up certain issues and makes it, you know, almost judgmental in their eyes potentially. So it just occurred to me maybe we could do that each grade with the teachers or consider meeting with the parents of those kids. 
and talking about how they can partner and communicate best. And maybe the kids, I mean, maybe the parents can more openly share, like, my child goes through this, if you can address it that way, or, you know, they're sensitive to this, or whatever it is. Maybe that would open communications a little better. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, actually, that's what we, uh, the Sunday school leaders actually just discussed that. That's something that we want to incorporate this year. But just because of the logistics, probably first semester will be the class, just the teachers meeting. And perhaps in January, we'll include the parents in the class meetings, and then we could have a dialogue. Uh, another way is, um, some things that happen immediately in that, on that day, like if the child had to sit out, it's, it, it's probably helpful to follow up with the parents right away. But another way is to discuss with your co-teachers and um, maybe come up with a way to approach the parents. So you don't, you don't have to feel like you have to talk to the parents each time. And we can discuss this further in the class meetings, what's a good way for us to handle that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Any questions on any of today's um, training, Becca? Mm -hmm. I was wondering if there's going to be a curricular approach to memorizing the books of the Bible, and is that something you want one of our <laughs> classes to tackle? Um, and if so, do you have any suggestions, like whether it's a song or just repetitive? Mm -hmm. So I happen to be doing that with the second, well, the first graders are going to the second graders in the fall, so that's what I'm doing for joyful noise for them. Um, it, yeah, it's a song on YouTube. I don't know if that's something, um, we don't have anything set in the curriculum, but I agree that I think it's important because I think a lot of them, they get to like fourth, fifth grade and they're like, oh, this, you know, they don't know where anything is and you know, a lot of us use this, so mm -hmm. no one has any idea. So I do think it should be somehow incorporated. I don't know if, um, I should just send that to everybody. <laughs> yes. Yeah, some yeah. Okay. Some other ways is um, uh, uh, make cards for each of the book of the Bible and have them order it, uh, memorize a stack at a time, and also memory ver memory game works well. So make two of each Genesis, two Genesis, two, and then mix them up and then pick them out and um, and then put them in order. Yeah. So some of these like the game type of things is helpful. So maybe I'll find that for you. <laughs> so you could just put that in. You can glue that into the notebook. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so much stuff you can do with a notebook. Even like, you know those library sleeves where they put the check-in, check-out card? There's stuff like that you could put in there, like memory verses on an index card, stickers, bookmarks, whatever. Um, but again, these are all things that, especially if you're parents, your teacher in some way used the marble notebook in some creative way to try to engage kids and um, track their learning over time. But I'll look for something, or if you find something, if you could share it. Um, yeah. And we'll try to get all these worksheets to be all put together and send them out. Yeah. I'll, I'll send a link to the coordinators for each class of the song I'm using. It is a little bit like kitty, so that's why I was, you know, I was doing it for the lower grades, but at least so you get an idea and you can find your own method. But yeah, like the card thing, they did that once 
when my when Ali was in third or fourth grade, and I think Tom made these cards for every child, like the first fifteen or twenty books of the Bible, and then there was like a contest, like who could you know memorize them, stuff like that. Yeah. Ooh, and then for like the older grades, if they're really into geography, you could even like print out a map and say like the parts that you're covering of the Bible. Because some of them really are interested in geography. I'm just, or parents can do this at home. Um, it just, because I've had students who are just really into geography. So if you attach it to somewhere in the world, they get really excited. Just to kind of bring it to life. It's not just a book. It's actually, it actually happens somewhere um, in the world. Um, but again, I'll look for stuff that you can consider putting into the notebook. Um, Oh, and if you guys come up with ideas, you should share them with others because it might just help someone else, like, you know, like an aha moment. Because I've never used the notebook for Sunday school, but it could, it could work um, since the parents, you know, there's that home piece that could really, that I think parents are really interested in growing their children's um, knowledge of the word. Um, yeah. wanted to share, like, when you mentioned, like, the math, and, you know, I, I feel like I'm a very visual person, but I feel like if the kids can sh be seen, be shown that these are, these are historical facts, this is not some fairy tale, right, like, David doing this or whatever, and so, like, just when I was teaching them, like, the Ark of the Covenant, I showed them a picture online of the replica of the Ark of the Covenant, and, like, it was like, wow, this was real. Mm -hmm. You know, like to the extent that you can do that and show these are these are real things that happened. Um, they're not made up, you know, and just anytime you can relate to the kids in that way that it's just more than just let's learn about Solomon, but you know, it just sounds almost like mythic. You know, so um, I'm recommending it. So because I teach you a great we were trying to get to share in a large setting so we do like I do like first and like the high school music and so that allows me to like see where they are like what even like oh my goal was that I came second my fencing or whatever and you could tell like that person that kid you know so I think it's really helpful to get to know things too because, and also for each other things to get to know each other because then we come with your then they at least know something about each other mm -hmm. that they could, um, you know, sort of develop a heart for, you know, mm -hmm. or even like if some kid had a heart beat because X, Y, Z, then you say, oh, you have a beautiful, you know, a beautiful human or So I think that to them, like, my partner, they kind of enjoy that because they, then they just sort of like, oh, I have one, I have one, I have a little, I don't have a little. So it's, um, so I, I found that to be useful. I think what Kathy said and what Sharon said, I think that might be the key because, you know, when something happens and you talk to the parents about something that happened in the class, you have to have a relationship with their parents, mm -hmm. right? So, and you also have to have relationship with, with the child to, you know, work on their heart, right? So, it, it's really important that we have discussions with them about uh, that the story actually 
you know, it happened. It was a historical. It's truth, and also it's relevant to our lives, right? So, it's really important that you connect with the kids. Like, even though you only see them once a month, you connect with them. So, if you know, if Tobias wanted to have a wisdom, right? Then <laughs> I might want to go back. And I said I read it. You know, that paper was important to me, right? So I might go back next time. And I said, you know what, Tobias, I. I read that you wanted to have wisdom. Like, so do you have any like experiences where you needed wisdom, and you know what happened, and you know just really getting to know the family. Cause we are family, in you know God's family, right? So really, just I think just taking that time to really get to know the parents and the child. Like, I I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Lord, um, uh, when you asked Solomon uh, what he wanted, um, out of anything, he asked for wisdom. And uh, um, at this time, we ask for your wisdom because um, we just we have so many foolish ways, Lord, and um, we just ask for your wisdom. Um, please, uh, we just want to thank you for all these um, teachers. Uh, who volunteer their time um, to um, spiritually and raise your your children, Lord. And uh, it's such an important job. And um, they have heart um, to just uh, give up their time uh, to plan and and give up um, or or get to know your um, your children, Lord. And uh, we just uh, thank you for their hearts, um, that you have opened up their hearts to do these things. And um, we know we are lacking in many things, Lord, but we know uh, with you all things are possible. So we ask um, for your wisdom and uh, your guidance uh, in all the things that we do. And um, that even though day to day might not be perfect, uh, but you... Uh, are sovereign and and you're the one who um, is with the with these precious children uh, from the day they're born until they uh, the day that they meet you, Lord. And uh, we just um, uh, pray. We just pray for them at uh, at this time. Pray for the teachers and pray for the uh, children, Lord. Um, that uh, you will be uh, their You'll be their um, guiding hand. Um, and uh, we thank you for this time. Um, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.